0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: In the book of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible gave us a detailed account of the creation of the world. And if you read that account very carefully, many of us just read through it. In the first day he did this, in the second day he did this, third day But sometimes we miss some of the salient point that is in that particular verse of scripture. One of the things you will find is that in that account of creation, you will notice that all that God created, he never created them twice. Everything God created was once and that was it. Even when he destroyed the world, he did not go back to create the animals. He did not go back to create the human beings. He did not go back to create the dogs or whatever. Everything he created was a one-time creation. All that God did, he did once. God never went back to recreate anything. Which means that all that you see today in creation, they were the things that were originally made and that they were flowed from there. Which means that when God made man and needed to make man again, he never went to the dust of the ground to form man again. No. He already made man and that was the end of the story. And when he needed a goat or a fish or a cow or an apple or an orange or whatever, he never went there to speak the word again and recreate those things. Those things were just there. The question is, why did God not repeat the creation process? Why? Why did he do it just once? And that was it. Why did God not repeat the creation process? Unfortunately, the Bible did not tell us. That is the interesting thing about the Bible. It gives you a concept, but it never explains it. But we can infer Or from my own point of view, I believe that God did not recreate the creation process because, number one, our God is a God that operates effectively. Effectiveness is one of his things. In other words, God knew that if I keep on creating and creating and creating, I will never finish creating. And that's why there are some businesses that are very, very precious. They can never go out of business. Just like the restaurant business. People will always be hungry. They will keep cooking food, right? The clothes business will never go out. People will always be buying clothes because they need to cover themselves. There are some things that will continue to do. God does not want to be in the recreation business. And that is why for effectiveness, he did it just once. Number two, for productivity, God did not repeat the creation process because it was unproductive for him to keep doing the same thing over and over and over. So, number one, for effectiveness. Number two, for productivity. Number three, for sustainability. In other words, you cannot sustain what you keep doing every time, every time, every time you keep repeating the same process. You have to be able to create a process that can run on its own. For sustainability, God decided to do this thing, a one-time creation. And because our God is a productive God, because he's a very efficient God, and because you want to avoid unproductivity, the unproductivity of endless creative cycles, God decided to put this thing on autopilot. Creation basically runs itself. And the question is, how did God make sure that it did not have to go back into that endless cycle of recreation? How did God put that process in place? How did God avoid the endless cycle of recreation? If you read Genesis 1, the Bible tells us there that God was able to ensure The endless process to continue producing itself, number one, by genetic encoding. He put the thing that will continue the production process inside his own creation. So God ensured the continuous production of life by encoding the genetic code inside the creation. Number two, God implanted the productive instruction into the things that he created. In other words, he gave those things instruction, continue to produce, and they were producing. So the first thing was that he did what is called genetic encoding. Number two, he did creative implantation. Number three, he gave productive empowerment. In other words, he told those things. Reproduce. Continue to reproduce on your own. So start the process and keep on going. That's what the Lord God Almighty did. And God called that particular process the seeding process. The seeding process. In other words, God ensured that his creation is preserved. His creation is perpetuated through a seed that he deposited into what he created. So that I don't have to go back and keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. What happened? I am going to put instruction inside that particular thing so that every time that thing needs to reproduce, it does it on its own. That is what you guys see when it call automation. When you are not at home, you have programmed a computer, you say, okay, turn the light on at 5 o'clock every day. It does that for you. And you say, ah, Google is smart. God has already done that long, long time ago. All these things have been encoded. For God to make sure that he doesn't have to keep recreating and recreating and recreating, he encoded the genetic code inside the thing. He implanted the instruction inside what he created, and he gave it the power to reproduce. Right. And that is why if you read Genesis chapter 1, in verse number 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb yielding seed and the fruit trees yielding fruit after its kind. Whose seed? It's in itself. I hope you understand what the Bible is saying. In other words, I have put the instruction inside that particular seed and I take that seed, I put it inside the tree. So that when the tree needs to produce another tree, you don't have to come and ask me. Just take that seed and do it again. And do it again. Because I've already put the power inside of you. That's basically what he's saying. And that's why when you want to have babies, you don't go to God and go now make a clay and then breathe on it. doesn't do that. He has already put the seed inside of you. All you have to do is to activate the seed. The Bible said, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And God looked at it and said, yes, this is beautiful. That's what he said, and it was so. In verse number 12, the Bible said, and the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after its kind, the trees yielding fruit, whose seed is in itself after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Basically, God parted himself. I did a good job, boy. He parted himself and just said, I don't have to repeat this process all over again. I don't have to do all this thing all over again. I don't have to begin to create this thing over and over again. I put this thing inside what I created so that those things can do it on their own. You see, my brothers and sisters, the creator of the universe operates a very simple process of repeating what he had done through what I call the seed principle. He takes a seed and he deposits it in his own creation. So that the creation can begin to reproduce and continue to produce on its own. And you will see these principles all throughout the scripture. For example, when the Lord wanted to create a universe, what did he say? He saw the seed. He said in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And then God said, that is the seed. Let there be light. And that was it. You don't have to wonder every day whether the sun is going to come up. You don't have to. He has given the command and it keeps on producing and it keeps on producing until kingdom come. When God wanted to create a nation, what the Lord Almighty did was a look for a family. He looked for a man. In Genesis chapter 17, the Bible tells us when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. In verse number four, and as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be the father of many nations. It took one man, to put that seed of a nation inside that man and that man began to produce. He became the father of many nations. Not only that, when God wanted redemptive sons and daughters, when God wanted children, people that will look like Christ, which is what is called Christians, what did God do? God decided to sow his only begotten son. We were celebrating his birth today. In the book of John chapter 1 in verse number 10, the Bible says he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came into his own and his own did not receive him. But look at verse number 12. He said as many as receive him. To them gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God. Even them that believe on his name. When God wanted children, what he did was that he just sowed a seed. And that seed began to multiply. That's why Jesus Christ said that as long as the corn is not falling to the ground, he said that corn will continue to abide alone. He said, but as soon as you release it, as soon as it goes into the ground, what does it do? It multiplies. Because there is a genetic code inside of it. There's an instruction that God has given unto him. There's a reproductive power that God has deposited inside that particular seed. That as soon as he hits the ground, it explodes. So you see, God operates and practices the seed principle. And the question is, why am I telling you all this story? Because we are going somewhere. Why am I telling you all this? Why is it important for you to understand that God operates and practices the seed principle? The reason is because, number one, the seed carries God's creative power. The seed that God makes available to you carries God's creative power. God stores his own power inside the seed. Number two, I'm telling you this because the seed unlocks God's creative abilities. The creative power of God. Can you imagine when you just have a baby and you look at this thing and you just wonder how this thing comes to life? You cannot imagine it. In your own power, there is no way you can create this thing. It is God's power that makes a man and a woman to come together and produce that beautiful creature. The point you are making is that the seed that is in the man and the egg that is in the woman, when they come together, they unlock the creative power of God. That's why it is very important that you understand the seed principle that God operates by. Number three, it is important for you to understand it because it assures your provision. If you don't want to remain alone, if you don't want to live in limitation, if you don't want to live a life of insufficiency, you need to understand that God operates a seed principle. The seed assures provision. As long as you have a seed, you have the assurance that yes, you can have provision. Number four, the seed guarantees continuity. The fact that you have a seed in your hand, you know that next year there will be harvests. The fact that you have a seed inside of you, you know that you are not going to die and you'll be forgotten. And that's why God insists that somebody in Israel, every man, if he's not able to have a child, somebody should raise a child in his name because the Lord wants to assure continuity. The seed assures continuity because God is not going to recreate it. He has already put the power in the seed. So if you don't use the seed, you are basically shortchanging yourself. You are basically cutting off your own continuation. So the seed is important because it guarantees continuity. Not only that, it secures your future. As long as you have a seed in your hand, you know that once you employ that seed, a harvest will come. For many of us who are farmers, you know, the biggest problem is not whether you lose your crops. The biggest problem is when you lose your seed. Because if you don't have any seed to plant, there is no harvest. So your seed secures your future. That is why these seats are very important. That is why for you to unlock your heavens, you need to understand it. And if you want to access the storehouse of heaven, if you want to access, if you want to unleash the creative power of God, you must understand and use the same key that God uses to continue his production. If you want to be able to access how God continues his production, how God continues to sustain his creation, he sustained it through the seed. If you want to emulate it and you want to experience the same thing, follow the same principle. It's a very simple thing. The question is why? Why is the seed important, an important key in unlocking the heaven over your life? Why is it very important? Why is it a very vital key? Why is the seed very powerful key in unlocking the heavens over your head? Let's go back to Genesis 1 again. In verse number 12, the Bible tells us, he said, the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, the trees yielding fruit, whose seed is in itself after its kind, and God saw that it was good. From this verse of the scripture, one of the things you must understand is this. The seed is powerful because number one, the seed responds to God's divine decree. What I mean by that is this. There is a decree that God has spoken to every seed there are instructions that God has given to every seed. When you take that particular seed, it doesn't matter who holds that seed. Black or white, male or female, boy or girl, it doesn't matter. Take a seed, name the plant, take that particular seed and drop it in the fertile soil. It doesn't matter. It will grow. Why? Because the seed does not respond to you who is dropping it. The seed is responding to the instruction that God has given it. And the instruction is the power to reproduce another thing. So why the seed is powerful in your hand is because it responds to divine decree. Number two, the seed is powerful because it has been given the power to replicate. How many of us have ever seen the seed, the seed of a corn? Take a corn on a cup and you count the seed on it. At least a healthy one will give you at least 500. Just from one. And definitely if you have a good stock, you are not going to get 500 you are going to get at least three years of corn on that stock. That's a 1,500 from just one. So what I'm trying to tell you is that the power of the seed is that it has been given the instruction and the power to reproduce. Number three, the power of the seed is it has been given the instruction for perpetuation. In other words, for continuity. As long as you're sowing the seed, you will continue to reap. As long as you are putting the seed to work, you will continue to receive. They have been given the power and the assurance to guarantee your harvests. That's why the seed is very powerful. And it's also been given the power to secure your provision. Why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you all this because the seed cannot disobey God's encoded command. And that is why if you want to open the heavens, if you want to open the heaven, all you have to do is take that seed and give it back. And before you know what's happened, the instruction that God has given to that seed begins to flourish. And that is why sometimes it's not by how much work you do that give you prosperity. It's not how much work you do. It's how much you understand the principles of the kingdom. Please understand that. It is not how much work. I'm not saying be lazy. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you should be lazy. I'm saying that you don't need to do 500 jobs. I'm only saying you need to do just one. And if God breathes upon it, and you take that seed and you present it before the Almighty God, it begins to multiply it. One of the things you must understand is that there are some spiritual principles that are in operation. The Bible says that when Elijah, after sealing the heavens and opening up the heavens, the Bible makes us to understand that Elijah started running. It told Elisha, I can hear the sound of the rain coming. Say, go. And Ahab was riding on a chariot. Elijah started running, and Elijah outran a horse. That tells you one thing. It is not by power. It's not by might. It's the spirit of the Almighty God. How fast you go in life, the kind of success you record, the blessings you enjoy, is not a function of your own ability. It is a function of God's ability. And you must understand the principles that make that happen. One of those principles is what we're talking about this morning. So your seed is central to unlocking your heavens because your seed cannot disobey the instructions of God. Never. It doesn't matter whether you know how to plant or not. Just take a seed, put it in the right environment, it will grow. Why? Because God has said it will grow. It's as simple as that. So you need to understand that. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 55, If you read from verse number 11, the Bible says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Never. It will not return unto me void. He said, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things which I sent it. In other words, the Lord has given the instruction. He said, the seed will produce after its kind. If you send out that seed, it will produce that result. It doesn't depend on you. It's not a question of you calculating it. It is the instruction of God. He said, it shall not return unto me void. The problem is that the book that we are carrying up and down, we don't believe it. And because we don't believe it, you don't see the result. But the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So therefore, when God wants to open the heavens over your life, when God wants about to bless an individual, what the Lord Almighty does is that he gives him a seed. And he says, let me see what you are going to do with it. When the Lord Almighty wanted to turn Moses into a deliverer, he asked him, he said, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? And that staff of Moses became what? Became an instrument of terror to the Egyptians. So when the Lord is about to bless you, he gives you a seed. When the Lord is about to promote you, he gives you a seed. When the Lord is about to enlarge you, he gives you a seed. And that is what is said in the same book of Isaiah chapter 55. The Bible says that for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and born that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Two different things. Seed to the sower. Those are the people that prosper. Bread to the eater. Those are the ones who depend on people. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. But he gives seed to the sower. Because that is the only way he can multiply the work of your hand. You cannot prosper when you do not have the basic resources, the seed, to unlock the blessings that God has in store for you. God will never walk on anything empty. He will ask you what is in your hand. Look at that particular woman that was in debt. The wife of a prophet. Went to the prophet Elisha. Elisha said, what is in your house? The woman said nothing. He said, no, don't tell me there's nothing. There's something in your house. What is in your house? I need a seed to be able to walk with. I need something to walk with. You've heard me say it here over and over and over. A million multiplied by zero is always zero. You don't have to be a mathematical genius to understand that. It's zero. But if you take just one simple thing and the Lord breathes upon it, it becomes a million. One multiplied by a million all of a sudden turns into a million. Elijah asked this woman, he said, what is in your hands? The woman said nothing. He said, no. I can't work with nothing. Give me something. He said, there's a little bottle of oil. He said, that's enough. That's all I need. He said, take that oil, get the containers and start pouring And the Bible said the woman poured. The woman kept pouring. Kurukere, kurukere, keep on pouring. After it poured so thin, the thing was so full. The Bible said that the woman said, there was another container. There's no more container. That is the only time the seed ceased. When there was no way to drop it. That's when the seed ceased. The point I'm trying to make here is this. When the Lord is about to bless you, He gives you something. And it's now left for you to recognize that thing. And deploy it. And as you deploy it, the Lord will begin to bless you. The question is, what is this thing that we are calling seed? What is a seed? A seed is a source of development, a source of enrichment, a source of production, a source of future harvest. That is what a seed is. And the seed can be disguised in several ways. It can be disguised as a resource. It can be disguised as a challenge. It can be disguised as an opportunity that you are facing today. It can be disguised as an individual that God has placed in your life. A seed is is the source of your future harvests it's something that god has given unto you that when you deploy properly will produce for you and to understand how this particular seed operate properly you need to understand some basic things about the seed the first thing you need to understand about seed is that seed does not discriminate whether you are white or black tall or short handsome or ugly it doesn't matter If you hold a seed of corn and you put it in the ground, you put it in the right place, it will grow. It doesn't matter which country you plant it. As long as you are having a healthy seed, it does not discriminate. Number two, the laws and the principle that seeds operate, they are irrevocable. The power of the seed is unchangeable. As long as that seed is there, it will always grow. Number three, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 8. It says, while the earth remain, seed time and harvest, cold and hot, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. It is perpetual. It is a continuous cycle. It will always operate. That's what the Bible is saying. Number three, one of the things you must know about seed is that the seed will always release. Seed produces if it is released and planted. If you keep your seed in your hand and you carry it up and down, that is all you are going to have. I hope you understand that. If you carry your seed in your hand, the seed will never germinate. I hope you know that. It will remain like that. It will not do anything. No matter how beautiful it is. No matter the amount of potential that seed has. Unless you release it, nothing comes out of it. It's as simple as that. The seed does not discriminate. The seed will always produce. The seed only functions when it is released. The seed will always pay you back. It produces after its kind. And that's why you find out that you can never plant tomatoes and go and read Miyango Pepe. It is not possible. The seed will always produce after it's cut, the seed will always respond to your efforts. How many of us try to do a garden in our house and the whole thing is flooded with the grass? Because you are working every day, you are very busy, you don't have the time, you plant the thing and you expect the thing to just produce bountifully because you saw it on TV, you know, hanging forest or whatever. You think that is how it's going to come. If you don't work at it, nothing happens. The seed will respond to your own efforts. So if you tender it, it will grow. If you take care of it properly, it will continue to multiply. But if you don't do it, it will do what the little that it was supposed to produce and that's the end of the story. So the seed responds to your effort. You reap after you have sowed. Number four, the seed is a very rewarding thing. It multiplies your inputs. So when you put something in it, it pays you back. And that's why the Bible makes us to understand, verily, verily, I say unto you in the book of John chapter 12, verse 24, it says, except a corn falls to the ground, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces more fruits. So you have to release that thing for it to give you back. Also, the seed releases proportionally. What does that mean? It means that the seed responds to the proportion of effort that you apply to it. Bible tells in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He said, but I say this. He who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who sow bountifully shall reap bountifully. In other words, you put in more, you get more. You put in little, you get little. Not only that, your seed requires your involvement. You cannot just send your seed and chill. No, it doesn't work that way. By being productively employed, God must find something in your hand to bless. So he will use the seed to now open the door and multiply it. And then your seed also needs to be protected. So when they tell you to give an offer, you will notice people will say send your offering on an errand. Speak to that particular thing. It's a seed. As you are planting it, tell it so that it can give you proportionally. But at the same time, you protect it. Protect it like how? You protect it by the blanket of prayer. You protect it by making sure that you don't open the door for the enemy to come in. And many may say, yes, we understand all these things about seed. But the question is, how do I activate it? You unlock the heavens with your seed when you release it by faith. The Bible says that nobody should give grudgingly. In other words, you don't wait for me to sweet-stalk you into giving. If you release it by faith, then the result is released. Number two, you sow in season. The heavens opens when you plant your seed at the right time. The Lord is instructing you. He said, "Give to that sister that is sitting next to you. If you obey immediately at that point in time, that means you are sowing in season and that is the one the Lord responds to. Not only that, your heavens will open with your seed when it is engaged by sacrifice. Your seed will open your heaven when you persevere by endurance. And you have to sustain your seed by prayer. When you bring it to the Almighty God, you lift it up and you pray over it. So you release it into the hands of God. And then God will pour His blessings upon it. Now there are people who have done exactly what I have described. And yet they have not seen the results. And the question is why? Why is my seed not opening my heaven? Why is my seed not producing the result that I want it to do? The reason is because when you plant in fear and unbelief, that seed will not open the heavens. Because the Bible tells us anything we do in unbelief, anything we do without faith, is sin. It will not yield your increase unto you. When you sow in the wrong soil, you will not get a harvest. Because there are some soil that are good for the seed, there are some soil that are not good. There are some soil that will devour your seed, and they will not allow it to prosper. So you need to watch the soil that you are sowing into. Not only that, when you are impatient for harvests, you will not reap a reward. I want us to be reminded of what the Lord God Almighty did for us in this season, which is the season of Christmas. This is when He gave us our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us, say, For God so loved the world that He gave. The Lord so loved the world that He sold His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. God has already given us the example. God has shown us the way to do it. He has led the way for us. The question is now that we are celebrating the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ, what kind of seed are you sowing? Or are you sowing a particular seed that will give you the desired future that you're looking for? Because every one of us have an expectation. But the expectation that you have, the future that you desire, are you sowing the seed that will give it to you?
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today.